Friday on Locked On Anaheim Ducks. The Ducks fall to Minnesota, their power play woes continue, and must we talk about last night's game? Thankfully, you guys sent in enough questions where I don't have to talk about them for more than five minutes. On today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Thank God it's Friday. Welcome, everyone, to Locked On Anaheim Ducks. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. A reminder, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. Please make sure to rate five stars, comment, and subscribe if you haven't already. And tell your friends about it. This is the daily show covering the OC's hockey team. Well, one of them. There's technically two OC teams this year. The San Diego Goals being one of them since they're playing their season in Irvine. We talked about them yesterday. If you want to hear some happier news, maybe a somewhat more cheerful podcast, tune into yesterday's show because it was all about the San Diego Goals. If you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm at StimpyJD. The show's podcast is at LO underscore Ducks. Yesterday was a lot of fun. I had John Broadbent from Defend the Nest on yesterday's program, and it was a fun one. We had a lot of fun yesterday, talked a lot of goal stuff, talked about Jamie Drysdale at length, talked about Lucas Dostal at length, talked about Trevor Zegers at length, and kind of explained a little bit why perhaps maybe Trevor Zegers should stay in the American Hockey League for just a little bit longer. I know some fans are saying, bring him up now. Well, what's the point? But, you know, that was yesterday. So if you want to tune into that, check out yesterday's show. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about last night's game. But mostly, it's a mailbag episode where you, the fans, sent some questions. So I thank you very much for that. All right, let's let's get to last night's game. It, it wasn't pretty. It really wasn't. The Ducks got off to a piss-poor start to begin the game. And frankly, they didn't really look back. First period, shots on goal were... eh. In fact, the Ducks didn't have a shot on goal until maybe more than halfway through the first period. But guess what happened before that? Minnesota scored twice in a matter of a minute. Ryan Hartman got an unassisted... Well, I shouldn't say an unassisted goal. He technically got the assist from Jacob Larson on this one. And here's how it happened. So Larson had the puck along the boards and was looking to pass it to... Someone. I don't know who he was going to pass it to. Maybe he was going to pass it to... I, I, I don't know who he was looking for. Maybe Shatten... No, not even Shattenkirk. I don't know what he was doing. But Jacob Larson was looking for someone. Maybe Ben Hutton. Maybe Ryan Getzloff. Maybe Adam Henrique. I don't know. But he turned the puck over in front of John Gibson. And right there to take it was Ryan Hartman... He sniped it just past Gibson's left shoulder, just above the glove hand, just above the shoulder, to make it 1-0 Minnesota. Oh, but we're not done yet. Only 38 seconds later, Kevin Fiala got his fourth of the season on a nifty pass from Matt Zuccarello. So that made it 2-0 Minnesota right away. You could tell this is not going to end well, is it? It's definitely not. At the end of the first period, the shots on goal were 9-3 in favor of Minnesota. Think about that. 9-2-3. to 
It's as bad as it sounds. But the shot attempts, I mean, for what it's worth, it was kind of even, I guess. The shot attempts in the first period were 18 to 15 in favor of the Ducks. The Ducks had more shot attempts? Let me... No, hold on. No, that can't be right. Is that right? No, really? 18 to 15 was the shot attempts? Are you kidding me? Well, because a lot of those came on missed shots and blocked shots. Somehow, some way, the Ducks outcoursed Minnesota. Okay, fine, whatever. Second period has to be better, right? Uh, no, wrong. For the first few minutes of the second period, the Ducks had one shot on goal. In fact, the Ducks only had four shots on goal halfway through the game. They were on pace for eight shots on goal, which would have been a franchise record for the least shots on goal in a regular season game. And for those keeping track, the actual record for fewest shots on goal is 12. The Ducks last did it 10, no, 11 years ago against the Chicago Blackhawks. This was January 2010. The Ducks shot 12 shots on goal. This has happened at least three times in their franchise history. It was looking like they were going to break that, but all of a sudden something happened. The Ducks kind of somewhat woke up. Uh, but one thing that happened on that second or on the first period that I definitely skipped over that I want to talk about, I will talk about a little bit on the second part of this podcast. But just to go over what happened next, uh, Sam Steele had a great spinorama goal, a backhanded goal. That made it 2-1. to one. Jakob Silverberg took the puck from behind the net, passed it to Danton Heinen, who was just to the right of the Minnesota goalkeeper, Kapo Kakinen, who came back last night. And then it was Danton Heinen who passed it to Sam Steele right along the slot. And in between the faceoff dots, Steele kind of spun around a little bit, got it backhand. It was a nifty goal. One of the nicer ones this season. And all of a sudden, Sam Steele has two goals this season. Sam Steele's kind of on a roll right now. That's what we wanted to see. Maybe threatening to keep Sam Steele in the taxi squad, or at least put him down there for an extended period of time, may have done something there. Because it was rumored that Sam Steele was going to go down a taxi squad once certain players came back. Well, now it's a hard decision, but either way... It's 2-1 to one Minnesota, and it was looking like the Ducks kind of could come back, and they had their opportunities, that is for sure. One big opportunity that was missed was Max Comtois, who came right towards the net. He had the puck on his stick, and the puck hung around the crease for a long time, but it just would not go in the net. Late in the game, Marcus Foligno got his second of the season, on assist from Zach Parise and Nick Bonino to make it 3-1 Minnesota. That's all she wrote. Minnesota won the game 3-1. Shots on goal was pretty one-sided. Minnesota had plenty of them. 27. The Ducks, not so much. Only 17. But the shot attempts, it wasn't as bad as we thought. Minnesota had a few more shot attempts. 49 to the Ducks, 43. So it could have been worse, right? As far as the lines, I mean, there was not much to talk about. The Ducks, for what it's worth, had most of their shot attempts right in front of the crease. So that's a good thing. 
but somehow some of those shot attempts in the crease missed the net. What the heck? I mean, that is partially bad luck, but that is partially the Ducks just not having the ability to finish. This is a problem for the Ducks. What else is going to be a problem for the Ducks is Hampus Lindholm, who left the game in the second period. And we'll talk more about Hampus Lindholm and talk more about their powerless play after the first intermission. But first, let's talk about betonline.ag which is the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network and is your one trusted online sportsbook that you should count on. If you go to betonline.ag right now, you'll see that despite the fact that there's no more football, there's baseball coming, there's also the NBA, and of course the National Hockey League. So you can check out the latest lines on who's going to win what trophy, who's going to win the Stanley Cup, Check that all out on betonline.ag. When you sign up and make your first deposit, enter promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that's betonline.ag. Promo code Locked On gets you a 50% welcome bonus. Betonline.ag, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please gamble responsibly. After the intermission, we're going to open up the mailbag and talk a little bit about the powerless play and Hampus Lindholm on the other side. Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez. It is a Friday. It is Mailbag Friday. Before we get to some of your questions... Uh, A couple things that I wanted to address from last night's game. First, I had briefly mentioned this. Uh, This is from Eric Stevens, uh, who writes for The Athletic at Iceman Cometh. Uh, He was told that Hampus Lindholm did not play the third period due to a lower body injury. So we'll have more information on that throughout the weekend. The Ducks do have a game tomorrow night against the Minnesota Wild, another one. So I'm sure we'll find out more tomorrow on the severity of this injury, if he's going to be out for any moment of time, if he's out for a game, two, three, who knows what's happening there. And if that occurs, then expect to see a call-up from the taxi squad. Hey, it could be Josh Mahura time. It could be Cody Curran time. Actually, both of those guys might be good on the Ducks right now. I mean, Cody Curran with that amazing hard shot. And Josh Mahura has been terrific down with San Diego. Or hey, why not Jamie Drysdale? Try him out for a few games. Just I'm just putting out there. Try him out. See what happens. So once again, that is uh, Hampus Lindholm. He is injured for now. Hopefully nothing too bad comes out of that. Alright, so I mentioned this. I want to talk about the power play or lack thereof. The Ducks were 0-2 on their power play. Okay, it says that online. What it doesn't tell you online is that a minute or so of that was five on three power play. Kevin Fiala held Max Komtas, so he got that first penalty. Then less than a minute later, Marcus Foligno flung the puck over the glass. So that was a delay of game that Marcus Foligno knows he shouldn't do that. He did not look thrilled. So... Both Fiala and Felino were in the box. It was five on three hockey for a minute and five. Folks, 
This is no hyperbole. This might have been one of the worst executed five-on-threes in the history of the National Hockey League. <laughs> you think I'm like, I'm not exaggerating. Well, okay, I'm kind of exaggerating, but I'm kind of not. This is easily the worst five-on-three in the NHL this season. Maybe not of all time, but certainly this season. Because the Ducks' movement was almost non-existent. Do you know how many shots on goal the Ducks had during that five-on-three? None. Oh, oh, it gets worse. Do you know how many shot attempts they had on that five-on-three? Zip. Zero. Nada. Zilch. Zero shot attempts on a five-on-three. A five-on-three. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I could hear you, Ducks fans. Pretty much everybody was besides themselves on that one. I even got a comment saying, yeah, the five-on-three. Yeah, it was that bad, folks. It was really, really bad. I almost couldn't take it because it was frustrating. It was frustrating to watch this team not execute on a five-on-three. And I'll give a shout-out to the Mike Myers Stan account who said, quote, worst five-on-three I've ever watched. You know what? You might be right. That was definitely the worst five-on-three I've seen this season. Ever watched? Oh, I've, I've seen some doozies in the American Hockey League that were just as bad. And you got to look at who is out there during this five-on-three. All right, Adam Henrique is out there on the five-on-three. Max Comtois, like that. Ricard Raquel, he's been good. Ryan Getzloff, okay. Kevin Shattenkirk, uh, I, I hate to say this and I hate to put this out there, folks, but Kevin Shattenkirk might not be the great signing that we thought would happen. He's not been effectively quarterback in this power play. Maybe just for a game or two, try someone else on that power play unit, especially that first power play unit. You have Yanni Hockenpah, who at least does a good job of holding pucks in. Maybe try him out. Cam Fowler, maybe put him out there on that first unit. He's doing well in the second unit. At least when Cam Fowler is out there on the power play, they get shots on goal. That's what happens on the second power play towards the end of that second power play. Uh, they at least got a couple shots on it, and Cam Fowler did a great job on that power play unit. So maybe put Cam Fowler out there. Maybe try Hampus Lindholm. Shattenkirk is not working out right now. So that's who I have out there for a power play unit. Put Cam Fowler out there for one unit. Put Lindholm out there for another unit. And try Yanni Hockenpah for one unit. At least for a while. He's been playing very well. Reward the guy. Reward him. That's all I'm saying. Even on that four on three in overtime uh, not long ago, you had two defensemen out there. One of them was Shaddy. Try someone else. That's what I have to say about the powerless play. Again, 0 for 2 on the power play. Their power play percentage right now is abysmal. It is below 10%. It is one of the worst power play units in the entire National Hockey League. Not many teams are worse. In fact, I'm going to do some live research really quick. And as I'm looking up this live research, I want to mention that I did get some questions. I got a few questions. So I will answer some questions in this second segment and then answer the remaining questions in the third segment because I am so glad that I got a lot of questions because the more questions I have to answer, the less I have to talk about this crappy game. So I'm just going to end on looking up the special teams for the Ducks. Oh boy, it is worse than I thought. The Ducks right now are third to last. 8.1% on the power play. The only teams that are worse, the Detroit Red Wings at 7.1%. 
and the Minnesota Wild at 6%. Yeah, the team they just faced had a worse power play percentage. And the only reason that number did not go up is because that third goal came just as the power play for Minnesota expired. It was a 5-on-4 until maybe one second after the box had opened up and there was that goal. So for all intents and purposes, that's a power play goal for the Minnesota Wild. As far as PK, at least the Ducks are good at the penalty kill. They're one of the top teams in PK. Hey, guess what? They're the third worst in power play, but they're the third best on the penalty kill, 87%. So I guess that's fine for what it's worth, I guess. Let's go with that. Oh, by the way, their net power play is the worst in the league, 2.7%. Oh, okay, that's it. That That's all I want to say about the power play and about last night's game. It was that bad. They lost once again. Let's get to your questions. First, I just want to address that I did get more than one question about Trevor Zegras. You know, when's he coming up? So I'm just going to direct you to yesterday's podcast. It is the third segment on yesterday's podcast where myself and John Broadbent talk about Trevor Zegras possibly coming up. I don't know. I mean, I predicted that it could come up this weekend or next week sometime in February. John thinks that it could be in March. A lot more goals fans, for reasons, want to see him down in San Diego much longer. After Wednesday's game, I'm starting to tend to agree with that because Zegris needs to learn how to adjust when people are coming after him. So if you want to hear that whole conversation and we kind of answer that question, I direct you to yesterday's podcast from Locked on Goals with myself and John from Defend the Nest. All right. Uh, A couple more questions. This one is from Josh. Since Steele was a healthy scratch, he scored in back-to-back games. Hey, that's a very good observation. I like that. So he simply asked, is he out of his funk? You know what? He might be. Sam Steele has been more active around the net. He seems to be more engaged. So he might be getting out of his funk a little bit. He's looked very good as of late. So, yeah, I I could say that. It's a good question. Second question. Do you see the goals as real Calder Cup contenders? Well, I just talked about the goals. Honestly, if Zegris and Drysdale are there. So this also depends on Junior's play and if that happens and if there's maybe some kind of bubble Memorial Cup or something. As long as the goals have Jacob Perot and J.B. Dreisel on the roster, it's possible. If Trevor Zegers is there, that's very likely. In fact, uh, looking at some of the roster that the goals have, they have a lot of youth. So how this has worked in the past is if the NHL club does not make the playoffs, and if they play a set amount of games in the American Hockey League, then they are automatically eligible to come back to their AHL squad and help lead them to a Calder Cup. We've seen this countless times in the recent years, um, going back as far as 2016 after the shift. Uh, you had a lot of Columbus Blue Jackets go back down to the American Hockey League uh, 2016 run with the Monsters. You had, um, oh gosh, what's his face? Sonny Milano, of course. Oliver Bjorkstrand, that's who else. Yeah, Bjorkstrand came back down to the Monsters, and he was vital in that role. Even in the past few seasons, 
where you saw Hershey, you saw players from Washington make it back down to Hershey for the cup run. Yeah, this is not an... Un- In fact, this happens pretty commonly. It's not an uncommon occurrence. So if the Ducks don't make the playoffs, and if Zegras is up by then, then expect Zegras to help them out on the Calder Cup run. Uh, got some more questions that I will get to in the final segment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar in the land. They have a special going on today. So check out BuiltBar.com. They've brought back their coconut brownie bites. And that is for today only. So go to BuiltBar.com right now and enter promo code Locked On to get 20% off your next order from the most delicious protein bar in the land and it tastes like a candy bar and they got a lot of fantastic flavors but definitely check out today's the brownie chunk okay i i had some the other day i had it live on air it is that good so once again builtbar.com and the code locked on gets you 20 percent off your next order and i'm gonna answer some more questions from the mailbag on the other side Hey everyone, welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or TLOPN, or TLOPN. Alright, we've got some more questions to go through. we got three more questions, in fact, so I will get through those right now. Once again, if you want your questions read on air, I'll put out a tweet, usually the week of, and send them over either on that tweet, you could DM me, or you could email them to LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. This is an email question. This is from Matthew Yabuki. So Matt, uh, he asked questions before. So this is Matt from Huntington Beach. Thank you once again for the email. I do like this question. This is a great crossover. So Brent McGuire, if you're listening from Locked On Angels, maybe you could also answer this question. (laughs) Hope this isn't too late. If you had to pick one, who makes the playoffs first? Ducks or Angels? Thanks. All right, I'm going to be honest here. It's the Angels. It's the Angels. I know last season uh, did not go as planned. You had the emergence of Mike Trout, but you also had some key injuries. Shohei Otani was hurt. Rendon, I felt, was beginning to come into his own late in the season. But again, it's a shortened season. I didn't know what to expect. Even though it was expanded, they still didn't make it. And looking at the American League West right now, Oakland has gotten a little bit weaker. Seattle Seattle is going to win 61 games this season. Maybe 62. Who knows? They might. Houston has gotten weaker. They've lost some key players. They lost Springer to the Blue Jays, if I remember correctly. Verlander is going to be out for the season because he's got surgery. So yeah, Verlander's out. You lost some key guys. I think Astros do much worse this coming season. In fact, I have them as an 84-win team, and that's it. Maybe 84, maybe even around 500. Texas is still trying to pick it up. So I do have the Angels making the playoffs. In fact, I might have the Angels winning the West. No, 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 I can't do that. I have them as a wild card. I think Oakland still wins the West. They are still a very strong team, but... The Angels have got to be right up there. They're in a weaker division. They'll play them a lot more time, so they'll get much more wins. As far as the Ducks, they're in a tough division, especially this season. You got Minnesota to deal with. 
You've got Vegas to deal with, St. Louis. I mean, Colorado is still really, really good. I don't know if you guys saw that, but Colorado won a thriller against the Vegas Golden Knights the other night on a last-minute goal. So Colorado is still that team. So I do not see the Ducks making the playoffs this season. I see the Angels making the 2021 MLB playoffs, even though it's back to five teams per league. I see the Angels as one of those wild cards. So I kind of want to cross-reference this to Brent McGuire and ask him if he thinks the Angels make the playoffs this season. I know he's got some predictions, so yeah, thanks a lot for the question. Greatly appreciated. And finally, this is from, hey, Josh Nowakowski's back. Uh, Josh Nowakowski, I was on his podcast, the J Sports Podcast. Check it out. Gave him a shout out there. So Josh, (laughs) he sent me a couple questions on Twitter. And I like both these questions because one of them is not hockey related. Thank goodness. One of them is hockey related. So first one, what's the percent chance that fans at the Honda Center come back this season? Okay, this is a great question. Uh, because the Ducks had a lot of home games to begin the season and we're in California. Given the fact that I don't think the Ducks will make the playoffs, it'll be over by May. I would say the percent chance of there being any fans, get ready folks, 50%. It's a 50-50 shot right now. We're kind of in that middle ground where we could see an uptick because of Super Bowl. We might see even more cases going down. I'm a little bit optimistic. I think we'll see fans get ready for the Kings series. Think about it. You want fans for that rivalry series between the Kings and the Ducks. They play a lot later on in the season. You want fans for that, right? So I would say the chance is 50-50. If there's going to be any 50-50 chance, it's going to be in late April when the Ducks play the Kings. And when the Ducks also play Vegas, that's when it's going to happen. That's when you could see, I would say maybe 10 to 20% fans in the stands, but even 20% fans in the Honda Center is 4,000 fans. And if you have 4,000 fans at the Ponza for a Kings Ducks game, it's going to get loud, really loud, really fast. So that's my percent chance. And we're going to end with the basketball question. Hey, you guys know me pretty well. Are you worried about the Lakers with AD out for an extended period of time? Okay, so Anthony Davis is going to be out for the next four weeks at least with a strained calf muscle. There was the fear that maybe Anthony Davis had maybe tweaked his Achilles or partially torn his Achilles. Luckily, the scans came back negative on that, so he has not had any partial tear. Just some slight inflammation above his Achilles. It is in his calf. So he's out for at least four weeks. If the Lakers are going to be conservative, they can keep him out for a little bit longer. However, oh boy, the Lakers got embarrassed last night, even though LeBron entered the Parthenon of great NBA scorers, becoming the third player in NBA history to score 35,000 points. Just above him are Karl Malone, the great Utah Jazz player, so shout out to David Locke there, and of course the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar both of whom have worn a Laker jersey in their time. But Kareem, he's got a long way to go, about 3,000-plus points. So, yeah, with AD out, LeBron's going to score a lot more, but the Lakers' offense as a whole is going to struggle. So I should be a little bit worried. 
I could see the Lakers maybe falling down to third or fourth in the standings. Look, got to be honest, LeBron cannot win without Anthony Davis. If AD can be good for the playoffs, all the Lakers have to do is get in the playoffs. If they have their full complement of players, I'm not that worried. But as far as the short term, I am a little worried that they'll drop down to third or fourth and have no chance at that number one spot. The Utah Jazz are a juggernaut right now. It's going to be tough for any team to catch Utah at the moment. So don't even worry about the number one seed. Just focus on a top four seed, get that home court advantage in the first round, maybe the second round, and worry about that. So thanks for all your questions. It is greatly appreciated. And that is it for the week. Um, It's a busy, busy weekend in sports. You got a couple of goals games taking place this weekend. You have the Ducks taking on Minnesota again tomorrow. Uh, The upcoming Ducks schedule just for the next week, just to get it out there. Tomorrow, they're playing Minnesota at the Ponza. That's a 6 o'clock start. Monday, they're playing the Coyotes. And they play them again on Wednesday. So guess what? It's crossover time, baby. Yeah, we're going to cross over, talk about the Ducks and the Coyotes' upcoming two-game set at Gila River Arena in Glendale, Arizona. <laughs> then to finish off the month, they got the Golden Knights. Oh, boy. Oof. But next Saturday, that's the reverse retro night at the Ponda. February 27th, we get to see Wild Wing break through the ice. So definitely check that out. As far as the... I'm oh, sorry. I shouldn't just say the San Diego goals. The 6-0 San Diego goals. No, I'll go even better. The undefeated San Diego goals. Yeah, I'm going to just drive that point in. If you're not already watching the goals, check it out on AHL TV. They are worth watching. I mean, come on. You have Trevor Zegras. You have Jamie Drysdale. You have Sam Carrick. You have Podorowski, Josh Mahura, Cody Curran. Just a bunch of players. So definitely check out the goals. This weekend, they have their first road game tonight at Bakersfield. Then they have a Saturday night game against the Colorado Eagles. And that is a Fox 5 game, by the way. So those of you in the San Diego area, Saturday's game against the Colorado Eagles is on Fox 5 at 7.30 p.m. I'll definitely be watching that. So that is the upcoming action for both the goals and the Ducks. A reminder, you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts can be heard. And to close out the week, please subscribe if you haven't already and leave a five-star rating. My Twitter is at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Once again, thank you for the questions. It is so greatly appreciated. And thank you for your continued support and listening. Got a busy, busy weekend full of hockey so hey enjoy it fans enjoy all the hockey and to close out the week for locked on anaheim ducks i'm jason jd hernandez saying have a great rest of the day please continue to wear a mask be safe out there be kind to one another and most of all ducks fly together communication